What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park EaseWellness.com for the CBD, Ease.com, and as always, the promo code's ham. Yep, guy, and it's it's a hell of a deal. You get $20 off your first purchase, over $50, free delivery. The CBA expires, John, <laughs> after the 2020 season. The NFL CBA expires after the 2020 season. Um, uh, preseason games, I don't think it's my perception, are getting worse. And it's not any big secret why less good players play in them. Than ever before. These are like bowl games. Less good players play. That's the that's the worst one. Last night, but I, I I'm with you. Why is it the worst one? Well, because you play five games when you play in the Hall of Fame game. Oh, so right, right, you're right. you're just you're definitely not doing anything. But I think the Rams, if you said play nobody, the Niners. I think a lot a lot more teams have implemented that. Yeah, to me, that. it's like bowl games. It's to me, it's like the gap between the non-power five. The group of five slash FCS games and the Power Five games of college football have gotten worse. Um, I just think the gap is growing. And in the NFL, you just see more and more teams playing guys less and less. It's been going on for years. I mean, the games have been, you know, maybe there'll be one game. But, like, to me, the thing that we've always said about the preseason, right, is, well, just get me to the third game. That game will be good for a half. Not good, but just uh, it'll be it'll worth It'll feel watching. like a regular season game for a half, yeah. Yeah, it'll just, I'm going to see real starters. But that even feels like it. We're trend. It's the trend has begun. Where that we're going to see. We'll see this year. I'll be interested to see week three. I mean, kind of interested. Yeah, I, I think last night is the ultimate. It's great in theory. Everyone's football's back. Historically, you and I have done countdowns, and then once it's actually there, you're like, ah, oh, this kind of sucks because th- there are two elements that make it really suck. Guy, 
are, one, when the quarterback doesn't play and you immediately go, if it's not a rookie quarterback, like I looked up and Drew Locke was in, I'm like, I'll watch a couple snaps. Sure. So if you have a rookie quarterback, people will watch. For you know, if you're especially if you're that's your team, like if you're a Bronco fan, I want to see what Drew Locke looks like. But even he only played like a quarter. So the quarterbacks are missing, that totally ruins the you know, the product. And the offensive line play guy, just the last five or six years has gotten dramatically worse in the NFL. Well, that means when you're talking about preseason games, your backups and your third stringers are way worse than they once were. It's it's hard to function as an offense, and if your offense, and you and I aren't, we're not rooting for Big Twelve here. I, we like defense, but I, I can't watch when you're just three and out and you don't even budge, sniffing a yard because your offensive line, your tackles are like turnstiles. There, there's nothing like last night. There was a play because I, I watched a little bit of the beginning and then I stopped paying attention. I ran some errands. I went to go pick up some food. Come back and I start watching the like the fourth quarter, and there's always this play in preseason games where the offensive lineman gets smoked, not on a pass play but a run play, and the running back just gets mollywopped right when he takes the handoff, and then the offensive lineman that just totally got him killed is standing over him trying to help him out because he he wants to like look like he at least did something to get his guy up, and the running back's kind of like waving him away like you just screwed me, and everyone's so angry. And it's just a disaster. It, it really is. From a gambling standpoint, though, guy, I would hammer the unders in some of these games because it's it's going to be hard for any of these teams to score. Yeah, I did. Somebody had a tweet actually before the game yesterday about hammering the under and just the you still got to watch a preseason game waiting to see if you're right. You got to get through it. But I'm with you. But I don't want to watch it. I think most people don't want to watch it. Uh, and so, you know, the NFL started, they floated the thing as you, we talked about this uh, during the off season about taking the preseason to two games, but expanding the regular season to 18 games. Um, do you think we get a two game preseason in 2021? I was actually just typing in to my Twitter to see last night, the hall of fame game between the Broncos and the Falcons drew a 4.1 household rating. I don't know relative to like because a lot of people were tweeting me like you can talk shit all you want. I bet it still outrates a lot of like NFL and NBA games. Yeah, no, I, I'm when I say nobody, I mean relative to NFL stuff. I don't mean yeah, nobody actually that, watches. Like, I, I think that it is a borderline 100 percent lock that we get the two preseason games. I don't know if necessarily you think the two preseason games automatically means we're getting 18 games. No. Because I do think that's somewhat of a sticking point. But maybe it was someone from the Sports Business Journal or someone wrote about it. It is a lot of money. Like Part of the owners bringing to the table here is it's an extra two point whatever billion in revenue a year. Those extra two weeks of games. You get half of that. So it's not, we're not just doing more games because we think it's fun. You you who? The players? The players. Yeah. Well, the 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 players don't plan it. So what do they care? No, but I mean the 18-game schedule. Oh. So, like, part of it is we go to two preseason games to 18 games because they like the 20 games because they like selling the package of 10. Right. 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 So. 10 home. That So, instead yeah. of the 10 being, right, 8. Right now, what's the 10? 8 and 2. Then it would become 9 and 1. And it, that extra game has a little more juice to it, right? You're like, I can live with the one preseason game. I get nine home get play or home regular season games, 
and the revenue that it impacts a salary cap, it impacts salary. Like it's a it's a financial thing they have laying on the table. That's I think at the end of the day, and the players have been furious about it forever. You notice how people kind of shut up a little bit about Thursday night games. Everyone's making more money. Uh, it's not quite as bad as it once was. And let's call it what it is. The ratings are huge. Everyone's making more cash. And the 18-game schedule, I'm with you. I don't think it's a lock, but I, I think money talks and shit walks, and it's a lot of money. It'd be one thing if it was, you know, 1% addition to the salary cap. But when you're talking $2 billion a year, how that gets distributed, you know, the 50-50 split, whatever, it's it's pretty lucrative for the union to think about. I I think we're headed there. You get 18 games, you get maybe two buys. I don't know exactly the logistics of the schedule, like how you do it. I'm starting thinking two buys. That means every team would probably have to have a buy before week eight, and you get another one after week eight. It'd be a little complicated, but it does kind of feel like we're headed there, guy. Uh, yeah, you convinced me. I changed my mind. I think we're going. I, I think ultimately three-year careers, four-year careers – you try to maximize the money you can make. Also, you got potentially more games that you can play in, right? And the way that the game has changed, I think one of the things that's happened uh, with Thursday Night Football, at the same time, NFL teams practice less. Big hits are reduced uh, to some degree in the sport. So maybe it's easier to survive it. I think they've dialed in how to balance it out for everybody, too. So I, I, I got one for you, though. What if they just did eighteen get pre, uh, regular season games and no preseason games? Well, yeah, that'd be great. But I don't think. I mean, I unlike college football, where you get three warm up games if you want them, there are no warm up games in the NFL. Like I do think there is a value to the preseason. Well, I, and I'd say the biggest difference in college football and the NFL in college football, you're keeping everyone on your team, right? And you can your freshman stuff scrimmage out the. In the NFL, you're cutting a thirty seven guys. And doing, I wrote an article this week for the Athletic, just con some of the logistics of how this all works. When it went from eighty to ninety, and then I had kind of forgotten about this, but they implemented it a couple years ago. Is they don't even have the two cutdown days. There's just the one big one now, because a lot of teams complained that you do the initial cutdown from ninety to seventy-five before the fourth preseason game, and everyone's like, "Well, we ain't fucking playing starters in the fourth preseason game. We want those extra fifteen guys for the fourth game." So the league kind of acquiesced, but it does make it a little more complicated for front offices because you have 15 times 32. That's a lot more players available at the end of the cutdown date, but it makes the fourth preseason game way easier. So you're right. There is definitely a value with evaluating. You could argue just the preseason games, if you just have the two and the 18, are just playing backup guys to see who's going to make the team. It's just... It's like a tryout for those guys, right? Yeah, I I, I just... like there. You do... I, I think you still need those. You just don't need yeah. four of them. They, they definitely bring a value for for the players. And they benefit the young guys that want the tape, right? Just yeah, I, I just think it helps. Yeah, and just if you're a coach, don't you just – like to me it's just fundamentally yeah. as a coach you need to evaluate. Like I watched yesterday the first play of the game, or maybe not the first play, but I did see – Juwan Winfrey, rookie wide receiver. Now he was a sixth rounder, I think. Ball hits him in the – Kevin Hogan hits him in the hands on third down. He drops it. Bad like, drop, yeah, I saw that too. It's like uh, that that play to that guy. Now again, he was drafted, but it was the sixth round. It wasn't the third. Like that play matters. How many of those you Fuck get? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this. So if I you only have two preseason games, that game matter. That play matters even more. I didn't realize who that was, but think now on the pressure on him going into the next couple preseason games. Which, being a sixth round pick, you're going to play a lot. You better catch the ball 
if you want any chance of making the team. You, who, who, what team was that guy on? The Broncos. And think about this guy, because a lot of people, I get a lot of Bronco fans hitting me up in messages like, you know, we could be okay. And I'm like, yeah, your defense could be pretty good. But I have two simple questions. One, is Flacco good anymore? And two, who's he throwing to? And a lot of people be like, well, we drafted a guy last year in the second round, and Emmanuel's coming back off this thing called a torn Achilles. I'm like, uh, don't love your wide receivers. Now, they did draft Noah Fant in the first round. And yeah. sometimes, if you're a team, you hit on a guy like a six-round pick. But if you're going to make the team as a six-round pick, even on a team that has openings at wide receiver, you sure as hell better catch. It's one thing if, like, he's been catching it all in preseason or in the practices. Well, that's great. But then you get the lights on and the coaches are all watching and in a big spot on third down where it hits you in the fucking hands, that's a – I don't want to say it negates everything you've done in practice, but if you, what you've done in practice is 100, that drops you right back down to like 75. Right. As somebody tweeted – Because then everyone in the back of their mind like, can we trust this guy in a game? Because that's the thing with football, unlike the other sports. Like in basketball, you can just keep working through it. You just keep playing and let them keep getting some minutes. In baseball, just keep getting them some A-Bs. Like, in football, your ABs are, for a young guy, in the, that's it. Like, we can say the preseason or the practices matter, and they do to coaches probably more than they definitely do to people like me. But even a coach will acknowledge, well, the fucking pressure's on when the guy's in a different color jersey on a different color team, and your quarterback in a, in a must-down hits you in the hands. I'm already down on that kid. I don't even know his story. Well, but if someone tweeted at us, uh, Noah Fant dropped his first pass too, like because well, we, we were talking on that po- uh, uh, two two pods ago about natural pass catchers. Like mm. the, the thing little with nerves, him is little nerves. He can drop some balls. He was picked twentieth overall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's uh, but but I think just big picture for him. I know we got Raider fans that listen to this podcast, and I mean he's just going to be talked about a lot because he was drafted so high. If he can't catch, guy. Like, his value, and that's kind of the question mark on him as a player, he's not Gronk as a blocker. He's a route runner. He's an athlete. Well, he doesn't have good hands. It's not. Well, this is where you go. George. We remember when George Kittle was on our podcast. George Kittle was on our pod. Yeah. Heard uh, him. Second team all pro, right? We, yeah. Only a tight end record for receiving yards. Um, we talked to him about all, like, all these other guys that got drafted, do they owe you money, right? Like, that was the joke. They owe you money. Because you paved the way for Iowa tight ends. Two of them went in the first round. But the flip is, like, did these guys get overvalued because of George Kittle's NFL impact? That happens, too. Yeah, and he, he, he jokingly said a million, they owe me a million bucks. But in all seriousness, how could they not have been somewhat overvalued, right? Especially, I'll say this. TJ Hawkinson was a complete player. I think everyone in the league viewed him as a really good player. They thought, like, what if George Kittle was coming out right now and we knew what George Kittle could become, does he get drafted in the top 15? If we knew what – if you knew what he was going to do last year, if, he's a top – If I if I could give, like, Howie Rose and all those guys He's a top the world, eight pick. Yeah. Top, so, potentially five, depending on how good the draft is. So, I think a lot of people in the league think that TJ Hawkinson can become that complete player. This guy was a little bit more of a hybrid, but two things. One, Noah Fant bitched and moaned because he didn't play that much because this guy was playing. 
So there were questions like, you know, is he kind of a pain in the ass? His dad, I guess, was always talking. And two, his hands aren't natural. So it's like, Elway, is that pick going to come back and bite you in the ass? Now, they traded back to get him. But still, you use 20th overall pick. He's 20th overall pick, right? Even if you trade back to get him. The Niners trade back from two to three to get Solomon. You don't hear anyone, well, at least they traded back and got some value. Yeah. The problem was they traded back to get some value. Then they used some of that ammo to trade back up to get Ruben. It was like, oh, it's a double whammy swing and a miss. <laughs> we got a lot of uh, preseason game takes for two guys that didn't really that hate the game. <laughs> you know what's funny? For all the uh, – people have been doing this for the beginning of time when you talk about drafts. Definitely in football and in basketball too. Well, if we knew what we knew now, there is no chance – the Kawhi's fallen to 17. In the history of the world, there has never been a situation 12. where if we knew what we knew now uh, and you redraft, there's zero, there's never been a redraft. Yeah. <laughs> if I knew what I would, knew now, I would have got on that plane that crashed. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know? So I, I, I love that take as much. I'm so telling you, I. guy, if we had, if, if the league had George Kittle's film last in 2018, does he go in the top six? Well, yeah, John, he does. But guess what's never happening? The league ever getting his film, and he's reinserted into the draft. Well, does A.J. Jenkins go undrafted? You asked we me went on an A.J. Jenkins deep dive today. Yeah, we did. This was not a shallow dive. This was a deep dive. Ask, just for everybody listening, can you give them the trivia question you gave me that I got really wrong about A.J. Jenkins? Do you remember? How many career catches does How he have? How many career catches? Just take a moment, if you're listening. How many career catches... A.J. Jenkins, what number was he picked? Like 27, 28? 30. 30. And what, what year was that? 2012? That was 2012. Okay. How many? How does that make any sense? What? Oh, because 2011 they lost in the, the NFC Championship game to the... To the Seahawks. Uh, no, to the New York Giants. This was oh, yeah, after yeah, Harbaugh's yeah. first you. year. Uh, okay. My guess was 100. 100 catches. Do you, can you, I know you knew the answer ahead of time. Do you know what your guess would have been? Yeah, if I hadn't seen the number, I, maybe not 100, but definitely something high, you know, 80. I, you know, one season of like 35 catches and then a couple more cobbled together, a couple 15s maybe. It would not have been anywhere near what the actual number is. Which is? 17 career catches. Not but as I a think the, for his whole career. To me, the most telling part about A.J. Jenkins' career guy, and I think he's almost at this point undervalued as an all-time first-round bust. I'm talking all-time. Like Jamarcus Russell and all these guys. Jamarcus still played three seasons for the Raiders. Now, he was the number one overall pick. A.J. Jenkins guy. A.J. Jenkins was a first-round pick. He did not make it to his second year. No injury. Pure health. 100% fine. To the second year as a 49er. He got through one season. And he was a healthy scratch as a first-round pick on a team that did not have wide receivers. It was good, but again, a healthy scratch for... Let me read the exact I think it was 13. Yeah, he played in three of the 16 regular season games and was targeted one time. I mean, that has to be non-quarterback, like guys who... Sorry, keep going. One target... (laughs) Think about this. A first-round pick, a wide receiver for an NFL team, ends his, and he's healthy. This is, doesn't have a catastrophic injury. Ends his 49er career with one career target. One career target, guy. One career target. How the fuck is that possible? 
He didn't make it the following year till even August 20th. So he made it through like two preseason games. So no no catches. I think the only way this makes sense, and I would love for someone to do a deep dive to get like Balky and Harbaugh on the record on this one, that this has a huge feel that that Harbaugh did not want this player. The coaching staff did not want this player. The front office did. They hated him. Then everyone realized really early he was way over his head, but the coaching staff was never going to give him a chance unless he had proven them dead wrong and he was like elite, which he clearly wasn't. But one target? No catches. One drop, you said? Uh, Well, the one thing he'll always take away, he did appear, he did dress for the Super Bowl. Wow, that's actually significant. He appeared in the game, but did not have a target or anything. So he got to play in the Super Bowl. I don't remember that. Uh, Wow. And then he was traded. It's a pretty unique trade. Because you're like, I bet he was traded for like a late-round flyer. Player-for-player deal. Jonathan Baldwin, who had been drafted the previous year by Scott Pioli in Kansas City, just straight up. Just Jonathan Baldwin for A.J. Jenkins. Basically like... Yeah, we got a trash can. You got a trash can. You want to swap trash cans? <sighs> like, a, I'll give you one. Deal. How many career catches do you think Jonathan Baldwin had? Well, I... First round pick the year before pick 26. AJ had 17. 20? I mean, let, more? Barely? Because he had an yeah, extra he had, year? He had 40, 44 career catches, okay. which I'd still say is dramatically low, right? Even for a bust. He can hang his hat. He does have two career NFL touchdowns. But for AJ Jenkins, being a healthy scratch for 13 games in your rookie year, it's one thing if you're a quarterback and you just don't play because, you know, you're drafted, but you have a starter. But or that's a mid-round gotta, pick or a mid-round pick. Yeah, but but for a first-rounder, that's got to be – I don't know if that's the record, but it's got to be up there. For a healthy For a non-QB, scratch. yeah. For a team that needs what you – in theory, the position you have, is their position is not great, right? Because I'm pretty sure that year Crabtree had a torn Achilles. So they just – they needed bodies. Crabtree came back later in the season, or it might have been the following year. Either way. Either way, if he had torn it the following year, they traded A.J. Jenkins when Crabtree had an Achilles or he hurt his Achilles and he still wasn't. Like, that's insane. That's it's one of the all-time busts. I, I, I don't think it gets its proper love when just busts are casually talked about. Now, part of it, I think, is it fair to say when you're drafted 30th overall, it doesn't have the same feel that when a guy's drafted like second overall. Yeah. Right? But for, it's probably the biggest 49er bust. Do you have his preseason stats? I don't even remember. I could look it up. I just remember everyone hating him so much. <laughs> you know, just the beat reporters like, it's so ugly. He can't do anything. My God, it can't be that bad. It's also a very good example of why teams... So in the preseason with the 49ers... Yeah, he didn't. I mean, he had eight catches for 122 yards and a touchdown. He wasn't that terrible. A couple long touchdowns. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, was, it wasn't as ugly as you think. Let's just hope that. Uh, who'd they draft this year? Oh, Bosa. <laughs> Bosa's not like that. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 